that time of year, ladies and gentlemen. Start of a new season. Football team's quest to make it back-to-back playoff appearances. Washington football team. Talk show coming at you up next. What's up, everybody? Coming at you, Brent Bates, first podcast, you know, coming to you guys with some Washington football team news and information. First pregame podcast, so I'm going to give you guys a quick keys to victory that I came up with just from observing our team and doing a little bit of research on the Chargers. I would be remiss if we didn't start with Curtis Samuel and what his injury means and who are the two people that are more most likely going to step in in this place. So we got Daomi Brown and Cam Sims. Me personally, I'm much more of a fan of Daomi Brown getting in these snaps, but Knowing how Ron handles his team, I expect that we'll see more Cam Sims opposed to more Downey Brown. But I did a quick pros and cons, which just from just a little bit of observation. And I'll start with Naomi because that's my guy. Some of the pros for Brown which are kind of obvious, he's much more dynamic. I mean, you can see just in the few catches he had in the preseason, when he gets the ball in his hands, he can make some things happen. He has the potential to essentially be our number three wide out and push Adam Humphreys into more of a rotational role. He can stretch the field, which is something that Curtis Samuel would be doing if he were healthy. Um, I think that he could play the slot. And that leads me into my cons. And there's not many. I mean, he's just a rookie. It'll be his first time playing in the NFL. So some of his reads on the defense, what they're doing may not be correct. And... That could be an issue in slowing him down, meaning that he's thinking about what he's doing instead of just playing. So that might be something that Ron decides to give the nod to Camp Sims for. But me personally, I mean, if if I'm gonna take a chance and try to go out and win the game, I'm gonna put my I'm gonna put the more dynamic player forward and see how that goes. You know, if he struggles, I can bring in Cam Sims. But like I said, I think Ron more than likely is going. To, we're going to see probably Brown maybe get I I I would say maybe forty to forty five percent of the snaps on offense, and Cam Sims will get the rest. The pro for Cam Sims is he is much more experienced, and showed the ability to do some things when he got the ball in his hands last year 
And as we all know, he had that much expanded role last year with that terrible, terrible wide receiving core that we trotted out there week after week. But like I said, I mean, what, what could we have done in that sense? And that, you know, and then Cam says what he has working for him is he's a bigger, bigger wide receiver than, you know, than De'Ami Brown, you know, a 6'5". It's kind of like a tight end out there that can run routes. So I can understand like a bigger body if Fitz gets in trouble. You know, he can maybe get open. He's a bigger target. So in case the de- case the charge defense is coming hot, Cam Sims knows or should know where to be, how to open up his body, making him an easier target for Fitz. And my cons for Cam Sims is with him getting some of those opportunities last year, there were only a few big plays that he made that made you be like, whoa, this guy is okay. He can do something to me. Cam Sims is best fitted as your, he's best suited to be your fourth wide receiver on your team and come in as people need breaks just to give a different look or to sub in if someone's not healthy. And if we didn't have Diami Brown, I would be fine with Cam Sims taking that, you know, taking that role. But to me, Diami Brown could be like, he's showing comparisons to Terry, which means to me, he could be special. Then I'm going to move on to our second key. And we all knew this was coming. Our defensive line versus the Chargers offensive line. So I'm going to start talking about the Chargers offensive line. This offseason, they signed Corey Lindsley to a five-year, $62.5 million deal, getting him away from Green Bay, which means that guy is legit. And, you know, the Chargers have made it clear that they are going to do what it takes to protect Justin Herbert. They also spent their first-round pick on Rashawn Slater. So with him, with Slater being the... Let me check. I want to make sure I'm correct for you guys. With Rashawn Slater being the 13th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, you know there are big expectations on him. And we're also going to hear all the comparisons about oh how he looked good against Chase Young in college and things were like Slater is legitimately has the potential to be a really good offensive tackle so as we look at that that means that our defensive line has to play to their potential for us to have a chance to win this game Chase Young and Montez Sweat have to make sure they keep Justin Herbert contained into the pocket as they're rushing up the field. I don't like when Justin Herbert gets outside. He's got a little bit of that magic out of the pocket. You know, wide receivers start to break loose as the play breaks down. Coverage gaps happen. 
And Justin Herbert proves he got the arm to get the ball where it needs to go. And that when he gets outside, he's not looking to get, he's not looking to take off. He's looking for someone to get open to get them the ball. He's into what I believe or who I believe has to have the biggest impact on this game from our defensive line. It is Montez Sweat. He has to win his matchup consistently against Brian Bulaga. And we all know Bulaga from his days in Green Bay years ago when he was one of the best, you know, one of the better tackles in the NFL. But that was probably, I say, four, five years ago. He's getting older. Montez Sweat has to prove this year with the hope from Chase Young that he is a guy. I know he's a guy. We know he's a guy. He just has to put it on film. And I think the rest of the league kind of realized last year with his you know, his game taking the next step. Like, okay, yeah, this is going to be a problem. At first, everybody was talking about Chase Young. They would mention all the first-round guys, but now they're saying Montez Sweat along with Chase Young and the whole D-line is getting that recognition, but it starts with Montez Sweat. I need him to show me what the work he's put in this offseason and get pressure off the edge while keeping this contained, of course. And make Herbert uncomfortable. Make him think about it. We saw, and when he gets pressure, it's not that he folds, but he will make a few mistakes. So I feel like Chase Young with Slater, that could go. I think Chase should win that probably about 75% of the time, but I'm looking at Montez Sweat to have the two sack or four or five QB hurries to really kind of build up our pass rush and get us going in the right direction. That then leads me into my detail. We spoke about Corey Lindsley. I need my big boys, Payne Island Ionitis. I need some pressure up the middle. Get Herbert off his spot. Don't let him be able to step in the throws. If Chase and, Chase and Tez do what they need to and keep him contained, that means that we should get some pressure, knock him down, maybe get a couple sacks from the defensive tackles coming right up the middle, make him uncomfortable. And that really hampers what the Chargers can do and that'll lead us into a win. The next key to the game, number three, our pass coverage. And I'm going to start with our linebacker. Jamin Davis, our number 19 pick, Jamin Davis. I didn't see what I wanted well, this preseason. I wanted to see him kind of playing without thinking. We could see that he's thinking a lot. The game is a little bit faster than what he may have anticipated or what we may have anticipated with taking him there. But at the same time, after watching Tom Brady <laughs> turn – turn uh Michael Parsons around in the middle of the field on Thursday it's okay to know that there's going to be some growing pains but Jammin is going to have to keep an eye on Jared Cook who's a newly acquired pass catcher for San Diego 
I'm sorry, for the Chargers. And that has been our team's Achilles heel for as long as I can remember. Titans always have great days against us. And Jared Cook is an excellent tight end. He may not he may not take him he may not he may not be Kelsey or Kittle or you know one of those elite pass catching tight ends, but what he will do is extend drives. Third and eight, third and seven, third and five. He can catch it, get those extra two yards and keep his offense on the field, and that's what we do not want. So, Jamin Davis is going to have a a long day against the veteran. I'm just hoping it's a positive day. Then, going into our pass coverage, Keenan Allen versus everybody. So, of course, we newly acquired William Jackson III, and I have to say... Looking at him in the preseason and a few a few series that he played, I was a little concerned. And when he got acquired, just seeing some of the feedback from Bengals fans, they didn't necessarily miss him. I know pro, pro football focus and the metrics say that he's really good, but I'm not going to lie, I didn't watch Cincinnati. So I don't know how good he was or wasn't, but even they said that he had a down year last year. So I'm looking at our pick St. Juice to step up and be our number two corner to Kendall Fuller. And I actually like McTyre a lot. So... I think that Allen, Keenan Allen is going to see a lot of St. Juice on the outside. And if he goes inside, me personally, I would just keep Kendall Fuller in the slot where he's always been at his best. I know that probably opens us up to maybe Mike Williams being able to make some plays. But I trust McTire. I trust William Jackson with that. I trust St. Juice when he has him. So I... I'm like, if Mike Williams beat us, let let Mike Williams beat us. I do not need Keenan Allen to to get going. Because if you get it in his area, he's going to come down with it. He's not a type of wide receiver that has drops. He can beat you over the top. He can take you. He can take a slant, take it to the house if there's poor angles and missed tackles. So the secondary is going to have a tough time keeping him contained. And like I said, that just goes back to our second key with the D-line. Do not let Keenan Allen just get to running the scramble drill. That's probably not going to end well for us. You know, with a 6-2 corner with with great borderline elite hands, my fourth key is our running game. Our running back versus their running back. Antonio Gibson has to lead the way for our offense. 
hands down. I know people are on people want to talk about what Fitzpatrick can do. The focus of our offense needs to be number twenty four. This year, Gibson has to continue the pace on the ground that he had last year towards the end of the year, but he needs to expand his receiving out of the backfield. The Chargers don't have an exceptional linebacking core, and if Gibson can get to the second level on some of his runs, we know what he can do. If you put a DB on him, he can now run him. He can give him a move. So as long as he can get to that second level, I think that will be in really good shape. And if he can catch some balls out of the backfield, make the secondary, I mean, make the linebackers guess, you know, keep them off, keep them from just coming downhill. That's really going to open up some of our, deep shots that Fitz is going to take to Terry. So Gibson is extremely, extremely important, and we have to make sure he stays healthy. Mind you, he had all of those yards rushing, all of those touchdowns, and for all intents and purposes, missed five games. I know he played in the Philly in the season finale, but he was not himself. He missed five games and put those numbers together. We have something special in him. I'm going to switch over to the Chargers. And Austin Eckler, from all reports, is not 100% healthy. And that works in our favor. He's the type of running back that gives us fits. He's elusive. And he can catch the ball out of the backfield. I cannot stress how much I'm that puts more even more pressure on Jamin Davis to have to keep up with Austin Eckler just sneaking out of the backfield and running out and getting space and then we have to chase him down and I believe in our tackling but that's five six yards easy. We also have to worry about Joshua Kelly. He's the type of running back coming up the middle. And for some reason, I can't explain why, but our interior, I mean, it's linebackers, but I don't i don't know who to put the responsibility on. But runs up the gut have been an issue for us last year. And it's kind of, we saw it in the preseason. So it doesn't make me feel comfortable. Even though the defense was only had a few series on the preseason that that there was flashes of that week one defense. And if we don't get that addressed, we will not be a top five defense. Our linebackers have to be prepared to deal with everybody coming out of that backfield. Even Joshua Kelly showed that he can make some catches out of the backfield last year. And we need to be prepared for that. I'm, you know, you may see him, they may see him and think, okay, this is a run. And he just slips out of the backfield and gets space or screens, which I'm definitely terrified of. But I believe in our linebackers, and I definitely believe that Antonio Gibson is going to set the pace for us tomorrow. 
And my last key to success is Sam Cosby and Charles Leno versus Joey Bosa. And even though he's practiced all offseason with Young and Sweat, he has to show his talent that we all see that isn't that strength. He needs to put that on display against Joey. I believe in trial by fire. But I also think that if he were to struggle, we'll see a lot more of John Bates than what we may have thought. Just helping him chip on the edge. But Bosa is going to move around, and that leads me to Charles Leno. He has to prove it to me. I was fine with the, the addition of him. But with that addition came some real expectations he has to live up to for us to really have playoff chances or playoff ambitions. And, you know, I didn't see anything that made me necessarily worried in the offseason, but something to keep in mind. But, yeah, everybody, I feel confident about the game. I think we're going to take the W. I can do a, you know, score prediction. I see it being maybe 24 to 20 us. A close matchup. Maybe. And I see Fitch throwing for 215 yards. One TD. Maybe one pick. See, Antonio Gibson, he needs, I, if 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 I'm calling the plays, he's getting about 20 to 23 rushing attempts and about four or five catches. Chase, Tez, I need three sacks between my D-line. I need us to keep a non-healthy Austin Eckler. Under 80 yards rushing. Well, no. Underneath 100 total yards. And if we can put that pressure on Justin Herbert, he'll give us one or two interceptions if the pressure is there. So, like I said, 20 to 24, Washington. And here's hoping that everything works out. And we start the season off 1-0 because we got a quick turnaround next Thursday with the Giants, who we never beat. But, all right, everybody. We will reconvene after the game on Sunday. Let's go football team.